Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. My favorite, it's Judd's Hockey Show. It's not just any old Judd's Hockey Show. It's Judd and Declan with Judd's Trade Deadline Special Hockey Show. The trade deadline, a mere 34 minutes away. We were going to wait until the deadline passed, but we couldn't wait any longer because, if you've not heard, we have breaking news, widely reported now. Jordan Greenway has been traded to the Buffalo Sabres. Mm. Jordan Greenway to the Buffalo Sabres for a 2023 second-round pick and a 2024 fifth-round pick coming back to the Wild. Um, No salary retention, so they freed up the space that they had to in part because of the the contract that uh, Boldy signed. Uh, but they do free up some more space as well. Be interesting to see Dex in the next 33 minutes if we get another move. Oh, we do. Uh, but as as of right now, it's Marcus Johansson in. He played last night on the second line. It is Gustav Nyquist in a couple days ago from Columbus. He's hurt. He's not playing yet. Probably not to the playoffs. Jordan Greenway out. The Greenway trade, not a surprise. The return to me. Huge. Excellent. Mm -hmm. Excellent. And keep in mind, we're being told, and this is by the experts, not by us, we're being told the 2023 draft, the second round, is very good. And so Bill Guerin continues to uh, accrue draft picks. Before I turn it over to you for your comments, just to go through quickly, 2023 draft right now, Wild has their own first-round pick. They have two second-round picks now. They've got the one that they got uh, for Greenway. They've got their own. They do not have a third-round pick because of the Delorier trade with the Ducks last year. They then have a fourth, a fifth, a sixth, and a seventh. So the Wild now has three picks in the first two rounds. Your thoughts, Declan? Okay, so I uh, love the trade for Greenway. Uh, you kind of knew that uh, you saw the writing on the wall a little bit when you scratched a few times uh, this season. Never really lived up to the hype. Has been a nice, productive player on some productive lines. He's a defensive first forward. Uh, but never really broke that glass ceiling, never really broke the unfortunate Charlie Coyle shadow that was always looming over him as well, which was an easy comp to make uh, for a second and a fifth. Huge. Um, you know, we were wondering if you could get anything for this guy even because he's having such a poor season. Buffalo's in a win-now mode. They're in a competitive Eastern Conference. They have a good offense, so they look at a guy like Jordan Greenway, uh, someone that makes them a little bit deeper. They pay a top 60 draft pick, essentially, to buy him for 2023. That's a huge win for Bill Guerin. We might not like the Marcus Johansson trade on paper, seeing a third-round pick for a guy who's already been there, done that, uh, and a guy who doesn't really move your offensive needle towards the right direction. 
Uh, but this is a very savvy trade. I love this. And I am seeing a, another trade pop in here, Judd. This is coming, uh, I believe, from the Athletics' Shayna. Uh, Shayna says, sounds like Oscar Sundquist is headed to the wild. Oscar Sundquist uh, from the Detroit Red Wings. You might remember more from the Blues. Uh, a center kind of had a great, he had a great start to his career in St. Louis. 14 goals and 12 goals, but uh, since then, just seven goals this season. A depth center probably for the Wild. Maybe someone you can plug in and make them a little bit better. I've yet to see anyone else report this, but the uh, deadline's still about 35 minutes away as we're recording this live edition of Judd's Hockey Show. Uh, but still could, uh, there, other moves could be coming in here as, as, we, as we record. Interesting. So we'll w- wait for... Um... Confirmation. In fact, I'm going to the Twitter account of one Elliot Friedman right now because he is ordinarily very, very quick on these things. Um, yeah, let's wait for confirmation on the Sunquist trade on the Greenway front. So sure. we're talking about a guy who had a pretty good game on Tuesday night. Again, on Thursday against the Canucks, he was back to his old ways. Um, had his first point in something like, I don't know, 20 some odd games. His first point had an assist on the Ryan Reeves goal. But he departs this season just for some context here. And he also missed. Uh, extensive time uh, throughout the early portion of the season because I believe a shoulder injury, 45 games, two goals, seven points total, a minus three. Uh, The grief line obviously has been broken up for a while now. Marcus Foligno, who is being rested, extremely disappointing year. He is being supposedly, uh, he, he has some wear and tear issues. They didn't play him last night. I don't think there's any question about his effort, though. With Jordan Greenway, there was some question. Uh, just to peel back the curtain a little bit, Jordan Greenway was asked after the game on Tuesday night about how he was handling the rumors of trades and blah, 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 and uh, basically seemed about as non-faced as you can possibly be. I think he wanted out. I don't think he liked it here at this point in time. I don't know what he what he thought he was going to get here that he didn't, but um, you know what's funny, Dex? Jordan Greenway, the end of his time here, very much reminds me sort of of that lat of the group that Paul Fenton started to clear out, right? Yep. Like underachieving, you didn't get what you expected, and GMs just eventually say, "Okay, dude, you're done." Now Greenway goes to a Buffalo team that is still pretty damn young. Um, their coach Don Granado, who was actually on the eighty, I think it was four state championship team here with Burnsville with Kevin Gorg, um, he coaches that team now. He has certainly gotten a lot from his young players, so perhaps he can push some buttons and Greenway can be a um, a guy who goes to Buffalo and contributes. Nonetheless, this is a trade that definitely frees up some cap room. It's a trade that definitely gets a guy off the roster who I don't think they saw as a fit at this point. Um, and if you, were, if you were going into today trying to set odds of moves that might be made, Jordan Greenway being traded would be high. Uh, the Sunquist trade if true intrigues me because i guess my question is how does that fit in who comes out again nyquist obviously is not going to be back until around the playoffs uh but as they try and put the pieces of this puzzle together that does intrigue me yeah that that's an intriguing one darren drager saying it's a pick to detroit he's not saying what the traffic is uh so some type of compensation going to potentially detroit there for sunquist the greenway one's great though even if you want to use one of those picks uh, to get Sunquist, and we'll figure out here probably shortly if that's the case. That's what they did to bring um, to bring Nyquist in here. They got the Boston draft pick, 
from over the week. Then they flip that draft pick. They buy basically Nyquist to hopefully see if he can come back healthy before the playoffs to make that line a little bit better. And, you know, Judd, I took some heat for this when I tweeted it out a few weeks ago, and I, I, I saw a little bit more of it this morning. But, look, Matt Boldy has no goals in 15 games. 15 consecutive games, no goals for Matt Boldy. And the Wild have obviously trended back in the right direction here in the last week. You know, they're they're still playing some of their best hockey. And, in fact, they're just a couple points off from their pace from this time last season. We obviously felt a lot better about that wild team than we probably do with this wild team. So they're still close to that same team points-wise they were a year ago. But Matt Boldy hasn't scored a goal in 15 games. And if that means getting Nyquist here long-term to help him out, that could work too. Uh, maybe it's someone like Sunquist to help him out as well. But there's plenty of different avenues to get these guys going. Kirill Kaprizov was fantastic again last night, right? I mean, it, it's the Minnesota Kirill Kaprizovs, as you like to say. But... Mm-hmm you need something else there to help get your offense going. I love Matt Boldy. I think when he's on, he's just as he can be just as dynamic as the rest of them. But 15 games without a goal is a problem. Uh, and could he use some external help? 100%. But internally, that guy, who I'm sure is gripping the stick a little bit, and he's frustrated just as anyone else is from watching him, he has to start bearing some chances as well. So I'm curious if they can find something else to potentially get his game going in the right direction. Yeah, and, and he actually had um, a few shots on goal mm-hmm. last night. He he looks like he's definitely fighting it at this point. Uh, Sunquist, just to update you, is 28, uh, a third-round pick of the Pittsburgh Penguins back in 2012. In 52 games, he had seven goals and 21 points, was a minus four with Detroit, which is bailed now. Uh, they, they got swept. Detroit was, was red hot. They went to Ottawa, I think, to play back-to-back games. They got beaten both and said, we're out of it. Traded Tyler Bertuzzi yesterday to the Boston Bruins. Uh, Sunquist's career high is 14 goals um, and 31 points with uh, St. Louis back in the 2018-19 season. And so, yeah, definitely a, a depth guy. Um, I wonder if he'll if he'll slot in at center on the fourth line or what they're going to do there. But yeah, to get back to your point, um, the it's weird because the Wild defensively is playing great. And Wes Walls on the telecast last night on Bally's broached this a little bit, but I thought it was a good point because I don't disagree with it. The more that I watch this team right now, and especially during this hot streak, in which I think they are averaging fewer than one goal per game, um, or two goals per game, they remind me more and more of the 2003 team that, oh. that made the playoff run. Now, I'm not predicting a playoff run, but the point is, besides Kaprizov, who is a rich man's Gabrick, they basically can't score consistently at all. It's a good, and good comment, so, so, but I mean, they're playing incredibly responsible. Yes. Goaltending is solid, but I mean, defensively, they're pretty damn good right now. I mean, Dean is Dean is doing what Jacques Lemaire did back then, which is he is milking every last thing he can from a lot of players who are workmanlike players. Now, can you maintain that in the playoffs? I will say this. You have a better chance to maintain that in the playoffs than you do to be a high-flying team as the Wild attempted to be last year. Because uh, in the playoffs, that can be shut down. All of that being said, I think it's very fair to say that the Wild has to get more offensive contribution. It doesn't have to be enormous decks, but they have to get spread out scoring a little bit more from elsewhere besides one line and one player. So we do have compensation for the Sunquist trade. A uh, friend of the show, Sarah McClellan, reporting in the Star Tribune uh, that the Wild are receiving or sending a fourth round pick. So they landed Oscar Sunquist from Detroit for a fourth round pick. I'm not sure the year if that's this coming year's draft of a fourth sure. round pick, but a fourth round pick 
uh, per Sarah McClellan of the Star Tribune for Oscar Sunquist. Um, so more wheeling and dealing happening here for the Wild. But, I mean, they're making themselves a little deeper on your comparison of the 2003 front. I mean, it, it actually is, unfortunately, a kind of fortunately and unfortunately a, a, a good comp. Uh, that team wasn't sexy, right? They weren't the most fun team to watch. That, in fact, let's be honest, and you you knew this a lot better than I did because I was a young young Declan at that time in my life. That was just a a dismal time in the NHL where scoring was completely down and just wasn't fun. Uh, mm-hmm. But you have Kirill Kaprizov, who is their superstar. You have two solid net miners, right? Mark Andre Fleur of the last three games, Judd. I mean, he's kind of found his game again a little bit too. Obviously, the Gus Bus might be one of the best stories in the NHL, just coming completely out of left field and being the Wild's number one guy here. Um, and they have depth, right? Like that's Marcus Johansson doesn't necessarily make you a better offense, but he makes you deeper. If Nyquist comes in here and is able to be healthy and potentially get Boldy going, that's another great move. Uh, Sunquist will see where the pecking order falls. If he does, he center the Boldy line. Does he shift someone else out from the bottom six a little bit to make them deeper? So there's plenty of different areas the Wow could go there with with the addition of all these guys. But they're they're just yep. getting deeper. And the West, thankfully. You're not in the East, right? I mean, if the Wild were in the East, I still wouldn't feel good about their chances in a first-round matchup. The West is wide open. I mean, honestly, which team in the Western Conference can you can you actually say, maybe Colorado, now that they're getting close to full strength, that you can definitively say, yeah, they're going to run through it. I mean, it's anyone's game so far, in my opinion, uh, as we get to the trade deadline in the Western Conference. The Wild might not be a playoff team in the East period. For, forget the That's first round. Um, so Joe says there, I believe that, Sunquist was fantastic for the Blues on their playoff run a few years ago. Joe, we actually have the answer for you because we here at JHS aim to please. 2018-19, Oscar Sunquist played in 25 games and was very solid. 44 shots on goal, um, four goals, five assists, nine points. So yeah, and and I think you're right. And so Dex, I think I'd be really surprised if the top three centers are impacted here, um, as much as. Hartman might drive me nuts at times. His play has improved. Like his mojo is back a little bit, as Middleton said a few weeks ago. Um, and so I don't think he's going to be moved from between uh, Zuccarello and Kaprizov, right? Uh, Erickson Eck, I think, is going to stay with Boldy and Johansson. I'd be curious once guys come back, you know, if N- Nyquist can play, if they would keep Johansson there. Um, the next is Goudreau, who Dean absolutely loves. And Goudreau's winger was Greenway on the one side. So could his could his wings be Foligno when he comes back from his quote-unquote rest and somebody else? So, I, so would Sunquist slot in fourth line? And that fourth line's been solid and then be injury protection? I'm just trying to figure out where Sunquist slots in. He is listed as a center. I don't know his background as far as playing wing. But that's certainly a possibility as well. Um, and I'd be curious to see. I don't know if you can find this, Declan. Sure. What are his face-off stats like? Because the Wild was pretty good on face-offs last night. But, I mean, there's no doubt about it going back, you know, the majority of the time. And in playoffs where I contend puck possession is important, there have been a lot of times that the Wild has been uh, very suspect when it comes to it, the work in the face-off circle. Yeah, so just analytically speaking, I was I was looking at some of the stuff there before you asked about the face-off stuff, and uh, my guy Jay Fresh Hockey does a great job. If you want some analytics broken down, um, go check him out as well. But he's basically a depth guy. Uh, he's been a depth guy the last few years, so he's not going to necessarily move possession a ton. Uh, he's disciplined, doesn't take a lot of penalties, 
doesn't drive a lot of offense. He does have a little bit of, of a scoring touch from previous seasons. I mean, he makes $2.8 million. He's a fourth-liner kind of guy. Like, I don't expect him to step in and be the top-line center. Maybe he can draw some time in if there's chemistry made with Boldy on that second line. You could do it. Um, but I, I I think it's just important to have as much center depth as possible, right? I mean, it, it we, we've all asked Bill Guerin the pestering, annoying questions as it is. You know, when are you going to find a center? When are you going to find a center? And it's always been very difficult for the Wild to address that position because it's like finding good starting pitching in baseball. It's hard to develop it. It's hard to cultivate it. So it's I'm curious to see kind of, yeah, where he slides in. It does make you deeper, just like the Mojo uh, acquisition was able to uh, be made earlier this week for the Wild. So they're doing, obviously, all their due diligence to try to be better with their forwards. And even if they're not going to be game-breaker necessarily forwards like they had with Fiala and they had with Kaprizov, can they be a little bit deeper uh, for the Wild going forward. He doesn't take a ton of draws. He hasn't took, I don't know if he's actually played a lot of center this year, Judd. He has a I'm four, looking, yep, fourth line right wing. Yeah, so he's actually played more wing than he has center. Uh, yep. He's only taken 35, uh, or only 125 draws against 35 this season. So even when he was being a full-time center in St. Louis, uh, was a less than 45% rate okay, on his yep. face-off. So he's it's kind of like Hartman, right? Like Hartman takes a lot of draws, but he doesn't win a lot yep. of them. Um, so again, I think this is just more of a depth forward that makes you a little bit better. Um, so we'll, we'll see where he slides in. So correct me if I'm wrong, but so he, he was playing on the fourth line in Detroit with Adam Ernie on the left wing and Pius Suter at center. Ah, so here's my guess. Yep. I'm guessing the fourth line stays intact here. And I am guessing that Sunquist immediately gets plugged in in Greenway spot. So Goudreau, oh, okay. Sunquist. When Felino's back, uh, we also have, and we don't know, and this could be a tip-off. Keep in mind, Duhame in that fight last night got jacked pretty badly, and the the spotter, rightfully so, sent him from the penalty box to the quiet room. He never came back. So if he's got a concussion, there's a chance that, that he's going to be out for a period of time. So if he's out as well, this could be a pure depth move as well third line responsible winger so just in in real time trying to put the uh, pieces of the puzzle together i wonder if this is a right wing uh on that third line cuz that would be a pretty responsible line then yeah i it would make a lot of sense yeah especially if duhame is indeed injured and then obviously you, you sent off jordan greenway so you need just a, a type of a kind of grinder type uh just looking at the tail of the tape, if you will, Oscar Sunquist is six three, two hundred and twenty pounds. So I mean, he's not a he's no spring he's no a uh, uh, small chicken there necessarily. He's he's a big dude that can definitely throw his weight around to a degree. I know we talked about uh, the playoff experience there, and I think that's obviously huge for Bill Guerin as well, right? I mean, he helped that team get to a Stanley Cup, played in twenty five uh, twenty five games. He actually played on the Penguins team that won a cup in twenty sixteen. Granted, he only drew in for two of those postseason games. Uh, but he's been to at least two Stanley Cups. He's been around that from a young player's age, and Garen loves that, right? I mean, that's a prototypical Garen type of dude that's probably had some playoff experience. I'm guessing he's probably solid in the room. Uh, he's a depth forward, and, and you're playing to your strengths, right? Like, Bill could have easily, Judd, and this is where I think the strategy now is starting to come in from Garen now that we're seeing more of these moves as we inch closer to the deadline time here, about 15 minutes away on Judd's Hockey Show. By the way, hit the subscribe button for Daily Minnesota Sports Entertainment. This is the first time you're watching Judd's Hockey Show. That's Judd Zolgad. I'm Declan Goff. We break down Minnesota Wild Games, news, all types of reckless speculation. So hit the subscribe button. We're on Apple, Spotify, and the Score North app as well. He could have easily bought a 
Bo Horvat, right? If he wanted to figure figure uh, figure out how to get Patrick Kane to make one of those two guys their offense better, more dynamic, right? But then he realized, well, the cost is going to be absurd. He doesn't want to pay the price. How do I play to my team's strength currently right now? Kirill Kaprizov's clearly their superstar. Game breaker can take any games over. He's been carrying the wild to wins essentially for the last uh, two weeks here. So instead of trying to figure out another dynamic forward, which is the sexier and I get more exciting thing to get, he looks at the depth. He looks at the situation. To your point of them playing more of a grinder type style, and, and that that can win games. It can win two to one games. That's how the Wild have been winning games a lot recently with stellar goaltending, good defense, and using your checking forwards to their degree and setting up your superstar player to convert power plays and whatnot. That's that's a good move from Garen. He's not over. He's not. Going to the grocery store and saying, okay, I would love the Flamingon, but I don't have the budget for the Flamingon, right? Like, I have a lot of other solid ingredients for a really, really good meal, but how do I make this meal the best I can on a limited budget? Keep in mind that the salary cap is still going to be a problem for them going forward. They still have the majority of their first draft picks, right? I mean, first and second round picks are still in the Wilds' disposal right now. You didn't have to give up any of that. So, actually, I think it's a pretty savvy move from Garen to go out there and get guys like Sunquist, get guys like Nyquist, get guys like Marcus Johansson, because it just makes you a little bit deeper. I really like it. And Sunquist is also a guy that Bill uh, knows because he was in the uh, front office. I think he might have been an assistant GM by this point, 2015, when Sunquist was drafted. So he's seen him as well. Uh, I would guess back then he scouted him. So that makes sense as well. So he is uh, he is um, get, getting a guy that he is familiar with just to correct it he was drafted actually in 2012 but bill garen was with the penguins when sunquist was there and so that makes sense well i think that this goes back to what what we sort of expected here dex which was uh short of getting a guy in a bigger trade that had some term left that this was you know a year after bill garen made some moves that were you know starting with the mark andre Fleury trade that were 1000 percent all in with a team that was a high-flying team scored way more goals um, and was, you know, in the midst of a very successful season. I think the feeling back then was, let's go for it. This team looked to be at one point like they might entirely miss the playoffs, and it wasn't that long ago. They have tightened things up. They've played, you know, they've played really well defensively. And so, like, as Bill said, at the halfway point, this team's going to tell me what to, to do. And I think I think by dipping his toe in the waters here, that's the smartest possible move. Because I will say this, although it feels late, the Wilds got about 20 games left. And yes, they're in fantastic shape. They're three points out of first place in the Central, which is perilously close to being in first place in the Western Conference. But if you look at the last or the first in wildcard teams, they're right on the Wilds' heels. So this was not a year to like go all in and to your point, get rentals and to say, let's go. And the other thing too is I think that this team, the way that they play at this point in time too, while you want to score more goals, you need guys who are going to buy in here now. Like this is not joining a fun team. This is not joining a, oh, look at all the goals that we score and you can score some goals. And if somebody else can score, that's awesome. But the reality is, if you look around at how this team plays and what Dean is demanding right now, mm-hmm. it is a lockdown type of style. Yep. Uh, and, and until somebody absolutely starts to score, and I don't know where that's going to come from, um, and I don't know if Patrick Kane alone was going to do that, I think that this is a this is a very interesting, how can I put this? 
chemistry experiment. Yeah. Because I think you really have a team that has bought into, I'll go back to it again, the 2003 style. And that takes a certain type of player. Like if you bring in someone who wants to be high flying and he's like, screw your defensive stuff, Dean, Dean's in trouble there. And, and I think it's also safe to say that despite the fact he certainly didn't score much, Jordan Greenway didn't necessarily night in, night out, fight the style. And, you know, Declan, the style goes back to what we've talked about since the season started. And everyone was saying, how's this team go, going to play? What's its identity? Everybody knows they're not talented enough that their identity is anything but what we saw last night. You'd like to see them score three or four goals. But the reality is, this is not a team where you're like, oh, man, you know who's going to heat, heat up? Mason Shaw. Any day yeah. now. He's going to, you know, Connor Duor. He's going to heat up. Um, and so I do think that Bill Guerin, within the parameters of how this team plays, had to be careful because there's no sense in trying to say, let's score more goals if that's going to sacrifice the mentality of the defensive mindset that this team has. And so, yes, I am. I applaud what <laughs> Bill has d- done here. I think it's very, very smart. And if it works in the playoffs, awesome. And if it doesn't, I'm not going to say I'm shocked. Right. By the way, uh, it looks like JVR was heading to the Detroit Red Wings. We're about 10 minutes up to the deadline here. It sounded like about 10 minutes ago that was the case. Something happened. Uh, they backed out. So now JVR is now back on the market. Stevie Y is, is a mover and shaker, so I'm not sure what the heck happened there. Stevie Y is a hard ass. Yes. Lamarillo Jr. is what he is. Yeah, so this is uh, an interesting thing to watch here. The Wild had previous interest in JVR. Personally, if, if it was the third-round pick, which I believe was the initial report that that was Detroit was sending, I would have done that instead of the Johansson deal. I'm not going to go back and be complete revisionist history uh, on that, but if if JVR was someone who was on the Wilds radar, I think Bill Gurney even admitted to that, um, or, or at least alluded to that uh, from the Athletics reporting recently as well, that they were in on JVR at one point. Um, that could be someone else here as we get closer to the deadline. Judd, I want to go back, though, uh, to your point about you know them winning a playoff style and, and playing with a more grittier style. Because last year, I, I personally thought, I mean, I was eight years old when the Wild came here, and I do remember the run to the conference finals against the Ducks. Um, I thought last season was probably the Wilds, the, the best I have felt about the Wilds' chances to make a lengthy playoff run in, in probably quite some time. Probably only like one or two other times that I felt that about previous Wild teams. I felt that the first year of Boudreaux, or it was unceremoniously bounced in the first round. And I thought that in the second time that they were eliminated from the Blackhawks in the second round when they again got through the first, but then were bounced, I believe, and I think they were swept by the Blackhawks that year in the second round of the playoffs. So do you feel that this wild team, as they're currently constructed, and I know it's easier to say it because you saw how last year's team played out, do you feel like there is actually a more realistic path of them getting out of that first round as they stacked up from last season when they had great offense? They obviously bought Marc-Andre Fleury. There was excitement around them, right? Um, do you right. feel better about the wild chance to actually get out of the first round if this is kind of how their roster is currently being constructed? I feel if they are willing to continue to play like they have been of late and and take it up a notch, which is, again, really, really difficult, yes. I feel that they have, and it's not going to be fun to watch. Like it, A playoff run, obviously, is fun. But as far as like the sexy style, it's not going to be there. But yes, I feel that if they are willing to pay the price, um, that they can win a series. Now, you play Colorado, Nathan McKinnon, you're going to have to have a, a plan. And Dex, this gets back to my big point, is I want to see them in the playoffs because I want to see Dean operate. Yeah. Because that's one where you're going to pull strings. In 2003, make no mistake, 
Ladies and gentlemen, the Minnesota Wild beat the Colorado Avalanche in 2003, and Wes Walls will tell you this. The most important, the number one star, was really Jacques. Jacques Lemaire coached circles around, at the time, Tony Granato, who was a rookie coach, didn't really know exactly what he was doing, just gotten that job, and Jacques Lemaire won at least one, if not two, series. Like, the way that he manipulated things, who he used, when he used them, how he used his goaltenders. You know, we can debate managers and coaches' value in regular season games, but I'm going to tell you this right now, especially in this sport, you cannot debate what a coach means in the playoffs because they have to play this brilliantly. And so I want to see Dean there. I want to see what Dean does. Because you cannot just stay with what you thought would work if it doesn't work. You got to pivot. You got to switch lines at times. You got to get creative. You, if you rely on my players, my players will carry us through. You're screwed. Yeah. If you go, if you go with my players will carry us through. If I set them up to. So like this is a whole thing. And 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 you know, Dex, it's funny, but just in the hot stretches now that that, that we're sort of seeing trade off. Gustafson and Flurry remind me a little bit of Manny and Rowley. Yeah, it's and they went back and forth, and one of them would get incredibly hot, and Jacques would ride that guy, and the second that guy cooled off, you know what would happen? The other guy would play, right? And the goaltenders would go, you know, Manny Fernandez, who, if I'm not mistaken, was Jacques' nephew, would get pissed off. And you know how much Jacques cared? Zero. So yes, I think that this team is built and and. I thought this before they went on that stretch where they didn't play well. When you watch them playing at their best, they can play a playoff style. You are going to have to find, and this is the delicate thing, and this is where you got to get creative, and this is where you might have to split Zuccarello from uh, Kaprizov at times, Declan. Um, You're going to have to find a scoring alternative, though. Because I will say what what we have seen from Kaprizov of late, and he's a marvelous player, and he did score in the playoffs last year. Fiala did not. but. The important thing is you are going to have to get somebody else or a group of people that can score some goals. Right. So, like, if you're Kirill, if you say, Kirill, it's been unbelievable. Keep that up. The Islanders, if you watch the game on Tuesday, the Islanders sort of laid the blueprint, which is, to to use a football term, they double-teamed Kirill, and they made it, and he didn't have a point. They made it as hard as possible for him to get free and so the question then becomes, okay, if they're going to do that, how am, how are you going to make them pay? And these are all the things that are going to be coaching counters. Uh, but if they could continue to play this way and take it up a bit, I do think that the back end of things, the defensive side of things, can be pretty damn impressive. That's my long answer. No, it's it's it makes a lot of sense uh, kind of in a, in a funny way. I mean, I think the biggest X factor is we can compare yeah, to, to goalie rotations, right? Uh Gabrick Kirill, two superstars leading things, depth forwards and checking line guys making life hell on opposing teams. The thing that probably doesn't really add up is Jacques Lemaire next to Dean Evason. Unfortunately, that's just not the I mean, Jacques Jacques was one of the best coaches at what he did, and he's been to playoffs for as a player and as a coach. So that that made a lot of sense. Uh Dean has Dean kind of fumbled last year. Let's be honest. Let's just call it what it is. He fumbled adjustments in in the postseason last year before it was too late by the time they were getting bounced in game six. So right. can he make those proper adjustments? Because I think the Wild, yeah, do have the ingredients to play spoiler in the playoffs, to beat potentially a deep Colorado team, to beat a good offensive Dallas team who also has a pretty good goaltender, Jake Ottinger, as well. 
I think they have the ingredients there. But let's say you're down two to one in the series, right? Like, all right, so where's the counterpuncher? You, you're, you're, you're against adversity, your back's against the wall, and now you have to make some type of adjustment, whether that's a goalie change, whether that's uh, a lineup change. You can't just say, well, it's, it's worked from, you know, when they went on their roll in, in Valentine's Day to the end of the season and say, well, they'll get, they'll get out, they'll dig out. Well, yeah, now it's crunch time, buddy. There's, there's, no, uh, there's no a month plus here of waiting. It, it's, it's do or die at this point. You could be bounced in a week and you're on the golf course at that point. So I think that's probably the more interesting part. How does Dean Evison take all these now new ingredients, right? He's the coach. As uh, Lou Nanny likes to say, manager's manager and coach's coach. So Garen's now gotten him some new ingredients. How does he sprinkle these in? And then also, when it comes to playoff time, how do how did you make those proper adjustments when you have to make them? And that's what I think that's probably the big question mark still. It's Dean, who has been a very good regular season coach and probably has even exceeded expectations of when he got the interim label lifted off. How does he exceed those expectations and make him right. even a better coach in the playoffs? And exactly. And in that environment where you cannot say, well, you know, Jared Spurgeon was going up and down the bench and being positive <laughs> about getting pucks deep in the playoffs. It's your job and it's your job to go in that room. You cannot allow that room to police itself because the pressure is such that you have to you have to at least take some of that pressure off. And you do that by making smart moves. Uh, OK, we are uh, we are essentially one minute away from the National Hockey League trade deadline. It's Judd's Hockey Show. We appreciate you all. Tuning in, two moves so far this afternoon involving the Wild. The first, winger Jordan Greenway traded to Buffalo. I'll say this slowly because it's a heist. 2023 second-round pick, 2024 fifth-round pick to Minnesota, Greenway to the Sabres. The Wild then turn around and make a trade with the Detroit Red Wings. Veteran center, who's actually a wing now, I guess, Oscar Sundquist, coming to the Wild. Uh, Joe Smith of the Athletic reporting a fourth-round pick in 2023 so so the wild get um get another second round pick they give up their fourth in this coming draft sunquist our best guess is going to slot in on the right side uh with um goudreau probably yeah i think so. and and greenway just to be clear here no salary retention so the, the wild not only trades a guy who appeared to be disgruntled or disinterested in playing for them but they also get his salary completely off the books buffalo uh now has him and i also have seen a i I got a note that it sounds like brock besser staying put in vancouver so the burnsville native did his best last night scored a goal and i thought played a really good game he was auditioning there's no question about it uh unfortunately what we were basically told a month ago was the reality, which is the salary, the, the fact that he signed for two more years, and I think 6.5, if I'm not mistaken, index AAV was just too much for a team struggling with the salary cap to take on. Vancouver could have taken some of that, but obviously the price goes up. So it sounds like if you were hoping Brock Besser would be a member of the Wild by the time that we reached, bingo, the witching hour on the trade deadline, which just hit. It's not going to happen. Yes, and there, by the way, there might be a few things that trickle in, even though the deadline is now passed as they process through the league and whatnot. Um, so there might be a few things. But, yeah, pencils down, if you will. The NHL trade deadline uh, for now has come and gone. I think the Besser thing gets revisited this summer. Um, it might be a little easier to try to figure out than it is right now as you're getting closer and closer to the deadline. It comes a little bit more complicated. I wouldn't be shocked if that was a guy that is targeted here or acquired here in the summertime. Um, dynamic player could be could really make your offense a lot better. It could help replace the production you lost 
and Kevin Fiala too. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think in general, you know, if, if this is indeed it, which is obviously it, it's to a degree looking like it, it, it is, I, I like the moves that were made here. You didn't give up top prospects. You didn't give up top draft picks. You made yourself deeper. You played to your strengths by uh, getting some more checking line forwards in here. And just, I, I like what Bill Guerin was able to do here. He's always been wheeling and dealing. He was on this show, by the way, uh, just about a few weeks ago, kind of previewing trade deadline. It was actually towards the end of their skid that they were in, that funk that they were in where it was looking like, well, the Wild could even just be full-on sellers, not even buyers of the NHL trade deadline. So that's a very interesting thing that now that things change really quickly in the NHL where you get off some wins, now all of a sudden things get um, a, a little bit easier here. A couple trades tricking in uh, from from the other parts of the league. Uh, Rasmus Aspold from Aspelin, excuse me, from Nashville, uh, from Buffalo goes to Nashville. Uh, the Wild have formally announced the trade of Jordan Greenway. I don't know if they have formally announced um, their other move yet, quite yet, but some things starting to trickle in a little bit. By the way, we have like over almost 900 people watching Judd's Hockey Show right now. So if this is the first time you're watching, hit the subscribe button on Score North. Uh, go support some of our sponsors too. Popcorn, uh, delicious popcorn. It's popcorn.com or if you're in the metro area, it's off Shady Oak Road and Highway 62 in Minnetonka. And of course, Vivron, if you need some knives sharpened, more information in our YouTube bio comments. You want to help support some of our sponsors. A lot of people like to ask, how do we help out Score North? How do we help out Judd's Hockey Show? It's supporting our sponsors. Links to those uh, right below in our YouTube comment section. But uh, very interesting trade deadline. And Frank Cervelli also tweeting in that JVR was not traded prior to the deadline. So JVR, for now, looks like he is staying put with the Flyers. I wonder if that f- fell through for uh, cap purposes. Because o- occasionally, because th- what, what happens is you you submit a trade to the, the league. The league, there's then a trade call, and the league vets the contracts. Uh, total guess. But I, I wonder if it didn't fall apart because a team backed out. I wonder if there were... Salary cap implications. Okay, so unless we find out different here, um, because as Dex said, what's probably happened, and there were a ton of trades made throughout the course of the week, so I don't know if there's a bunch, but traditionally um, the deadline, as long as you get your trade in before the deadline, it gets approved. Yep. And so right now there are probably trades in queue. The league then has to go through them all and get the trade calls done. I have no idea if that if that's the case when it comes to Bill Guerin in the wild. Uh, but let's just say that they are done m- making moves. So you've got Oscar Sundquist here. You've got Jordan Greenway now in Buffalo. Um, you've got Marcus Johansson, who made his debut last night here. And Gustav Nyquist also on the roster, but he is injured presently. Uh, Matt Dumba and Alex Goligoski stay. I think it was Joe Smith. From the Athletic, had a note today that there was interest in Goligoski. He has a full no move clause, right? Um, but he wasn't playing previously. He has been of late, and I think Bill Guerin was going to try to trade him if Goligoski didn't want to be here. But let's start with Dumba. Sure. Um, he certainly was brought up a lot, and I do believe that there was exploration of trading him. He was scratched for a couple games, which is rare for a guy who wears an an A as a uh, as an alternate captain and he actually I thought Declan came back after that and has played better he's not played great um but Matt Dumba stays here's my guess there twofold one is I think Bill Guerin was telling the truth when he's like I'm gonna need to get more so I think that what we heard which is the market was flooded with players and Dumba's fine but he's at the bottom of lists 
Uh, so one, I don't think that the offers were sufficient to trade him. And two, you know, I can't help but think the locker room is not going to miss Greenway. I don't think he was a bad guy. I just don't know that he did much. Yep. You know, Matt Dumba's an interesting guy because I think he means a lot. I think he's good friends with Kaprizov. And so I could see why the Wild, just from, again, to go back to the whole chemistry experiment, Declan, yeah. I could see why the Wild, you, considering that Dumba is not a disaster right now, I could see why the Wild and Bill Guerin might have been hesitant about trading him. Yeah, I get it. Look, he's a rental, or he's entering the last year's deal, so he could be he's a, rental a rental for defenseman. the Wild. Yeah, he's a rental. For, yeah. And usually that, he's their rental. that is a position of strength as a seller at the deadline. And look, he's had previous seasons where he was a very dynamic defenseman and teams love to use that uh, in the postseason for sure. But I'm sure Garen wasn't going to just give him away either. Um, I would, I would rather Dumba if, if, if it was a fifth round pick, let's say they weren't getting anything more than a fifth round pick. Right. I would rather just ride it out with Dumba. Like, yeah. I understand that you you could say like, well, but a fifth round pick is, is still some type of capital. It's some type of return for a player. And I know Kirill Kaprizov is a fifth round pick. So I got, absolutely roasted for that last year when I said the yeah, same thing. A fifth-round pick doesn't really matter to me. Um, I'd rather roll with Matt Dumba. I'd rather roll with Dumba uh, helping your team be a little bit better. He's playing the best hockey of the season so far. And there was a time uh, earlier this season where he was playing the worst hockey of his career, and you weren't getting any calls. I mean, scouts and reporters that were coming in from everywhere locally here with Joe Smith, Michael Russo, to even Elliot Friedman nationally, they were saying there was nothing, nothing happening on the Matt Dumba front, and they weren't willing to pay that price, or or they weren't willing to go to Minnesota's probably demands or offers of what they wanted for him. So let it ride out. And look, is this probably still the end of the Matt Dumba era? Yeah, I would be, unless he's brought back for an incredibly team-friendly deal, which I guess is not completely off the table, I'm oh, guessing yeah. we're seeing the last of Matt Dumba in a wild sweater, and that's yeah. that, that's fine. Look, you got prospects that are behind him. Kalen Addison needs more minutes once they finally, if they ever bleeping trust him. Obviously, Brock Faber will be coming over here from the U of M whenever their season ends. So there's there's guys in the in, in the ranks that will come up and probably fill Dumba's shoes. But to answer your question, not too surprised that they kept Matt Dumba on the Greenway front. I mean, I I really think this is robbery here. Um, you got a second round pick and a fifth round future fifth round pick for a guy who is really just a, at his at his zenith when he was at his peak with the Wild was a good complimentary piece on an identity line. That was his peak. You know, that everyone wanted him to be this power forward that drove to the net and scored a lot of goals. Never happened. All right, so then he kind of falls into that grief line. Very successful line. Very impactful line that helps tasks at shutting down other teams. Great. That was awesome. That was his ceiling. That was his ceiling. And this is where the fun, the, the fun uh, dangerous circle of, of I always get around with prospects in hockey and baseball is Jordan Green was coming up. Oh, there's no chance. Like, this guy's going to be a stud for you. He's in the World Juniors, and he was a great college hockey player, and he was a second-round pick. That the ceiling of Jordan Greenway was a complimentary winger on a defensive shutdown line. That was his ceiling. And they were able to get a second round pick and a fifth round pick for him. Oh, that's great. That's pick. robbery. That is a great move from Bill Guerin. And that's where just because you have the number one prospect pool, which by the way, the Minnesota Wild do, that does not mean your top five prospects are all going to hit their ceilings. Odds are most of them aren't even going to come close to hitting their ceilings. So to be uh, it, great moves from the Wild to do both of those things, to, to get... Greenway out to keep Dumba to not sell low on it and make all your forward depth much better when it comes to the playoffs. God willing that you're going to be in there. And when Greenway, look, when Bill Guerin in, at this point of Jordan Greenway's career has to go talk to him. And yeah. basically that sparked him for a while. Um, when, when he, 
when he shows up an hour before faceoff. And so with the Wild down a forward, he has to be scratched, okay? That's the lack of commitment that a team can't take. And I do, do I think that there's more there? Absolutely. Do I think he cares about that? Absolutely not. Um, you know, we've watched Dumba for a long time, and we've watched him play well, and we watched him screw up. I don't think too many times I've questioned his effort. Like, there's been bad plays. There have been dumb decisions at times. Yeah. But I don't think I've questioned his effort and said, man, he is dogging it. Um, Jordan Greenway, when you have to be talked at at this point in your career by a GM, who, by the way, played his ass off when he played, um, and, and the guy who puts a huge priority on locker room chemistry, that's all she wrote. That's done. And if Buffalo can get more, awesome. Good for them. I don't think that they probably can. Uh, and so, yeah, I think that that is a... I think that that is a smart playoff move. The other thing, too, is just to be very, very clear, because we, we talked about this in, in the last uh, month or so, Declan. You know, I wasn't for, and, and Bill Guerin really didn't, I wasn't for adding a lot. Like I said, let the team stand pat. I don't care at this point. But as they began to play better and more responsible defensively, and again, I hope that continues because there's a lot of time left, and then potentially playoffs, um, I also didn't want to dump guys. And... and just to be clear here, there weren't a ton of guys to dump, too. Like, it's not like they're sitting on these players who are like, you got to trade that guy, and you got to trade that guy. And to your point, you know, I think Dumba, one, I think his time here is done because a guy like Brock Faber is coming in, and they certainly have depth defensively. But I also don't think Matt Matt Dumba at this point in time is going to break the bank. We can debate if he should have been traded a year ago, okay? Because I think you could have got a lot more back then. Um, but I think, the, I think the approach to, to this from... Garen, not to sound like a Bill Garen stand, and I do like the guy, but I think it was perfect. I think it was absolutely perfect. He went out and got a couple, he got some complimentary pieces. They're not going to knock your socks off. They weren't rentals like Patrick Kane is. I mean, they're rentals, but they are cheap ones. Um, and so I really think that the approach here was very, very wise. I think Dean will love this. Dean will look at these guys and be like, I can work with these guys. There's no there's no inherent pressure on, okay, now I've got a guy and i got to get him in the lineup and he has to score or else, you know, all hell breaks loose. Uh, I saw off the screen here because I'm going through our comments too. We got a question. It's a good one. I'd like to address it. It said, why didn't the Wild put Sam Steele, whose days with this organization are clearly numbered, uh, on waivers? And why didn't they trade Goligoski in trade for Brock Besser? It's a great question. And here's why. They could have fit Brock Besser in immediately. They have cap room. That cap room, when the new, I guess, for to use a football term, when the new league year starts, when the, when the season's over, that cap room goes away. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. What they what they couldn't do was find a way to make that work. Oh, okay. Man. Oh wow. Another trade. What? Yeah, yeah. Jonathan Klingberg to the Minnesota Wild from Elliot Friedman. Oh, see the queue. The queue is oh, set. Oh my gosh. Jo- okay, so Klingberg. from the Ducks, from the Ducks, a one-time great defenseman with the Dallas Stars wow. for a long time, 
had trailed off, but he's also playing for a terrible team. This gives you more depth. It gives you a veteran. If he can, if he's paired with the right guy and he can find, he can reprise what we saw a little bit more in Dallas. This is a very interesting trade. Wow. So Jonathan Klingberg, uh, yeah, as Judd said, at one time, one of the best offensive moving defensemen in the NHL, he came up with the stars. Uh, Wild thing, I actually probably met him from that playoff series in 2016. I mean, he had double-digit goals his first three years in the NHL. He was with Anaheim uh, in his first season after eight years with the Dallas Stars. 50 games, eight goals, 16 assists, 24 points. Uh, that Ducks team's terrible. He's a minus 28. Don't look too far. Yeah, into, don't, don't look too far into the plus-minus uh, there. But he plays a ton of minutes, 20 minutes plus a game. A guy who has played in the playoffs a ton. He was with the Stars team in the bubble that went to the Cup. 59 playoff games, 35 points. Interested to see what the return is here. I'm not sure what that would be. I, I'm going to guess it's a little higher than what the Wild have been giving up here. We'll see what the Wild or Bill Guerin ended up surrendering. Um, now, he's not a great defender, Jonathan Klingberg. Uh, kind of a liability as a defenseman to be completely just from his natural position. But a guy who's an offensive first defenseman, probably you know a better version of what Matt Dumba is now. Uh, so another defensive move for the Wild. Uh, they got another deadline acquisition that just kind of trickled in here. I'm still waiting to see what the Wild gave up. We'll uh, we'll give you that information when it comes in. That is, um, yeah, that's a bold move. Okay, so I was completely wrong. They weren't done yet, and uh, that is a major. I, I mean, he again, he's not the same player that he was previously. But as Declan said, he was with the Ducks, who are an absolute dumpster fire. And this also provides a guy that can play on your power play. I'm sure. Um, I guess you. you at, I guess the question comes up now: who, Who's he paired with on your defensive pairings? Uh, that this. Uh, I gotta think a defenseman got traded out. I would think. You'd think so. I don't know if, if Goose is involved in this one or not, but I would think that this is not just a draft pick. Um, this, this is this is this is this this takes it up a notch <laughs> from what I expected, Declan Goff. Uh, and fans, I didn't expect this from from my guy Jay Fresh again. A little write up. He he posts little graphics and gives little visual explainers on analytics. He writes up on the Klingberg acquisition. Klingberg acquired by Minnesota is a skilled puck moving defenseman who's great in the power play. He's also the worst defensive player on the worst defensive team of the cap era. Truly, just gave up on entire uh, defending entirely. So he grades these offensive scales on a zero to one hundred percent percentile of of, your, of how you rank in certain categories. Jonathan Kleberg is in the 92nd percentile for offense. He is in the zero percentile Woo! for defense. So This isn't a Dean guy at all. Then, yeah, this is interesting. I, I don't know. I mean, I'd rather have him playing third line minutes, I guess. Uh, by the way, Dane Mitsutani reporting the Wilder trading a fourth round pick in 2025 for Klingberg. So Dane from the Pioneer Press saying it's a 2025 fourth round pick right. going to the Ducks for Jonathan Klingberg. So that's okay. the other acquisition as well. Joe Smith from the Athletic just reported Alex Goligoski is staying with the Wild. Was never asked to move his was never asked to waive his no move. So Joe obviously talked to Goligoski. So um, that that's interesting. I mean this this brings up a lot of questions. I love this. A lot of questions about your depth now because it's, uh, I mean, Faber's coming. I think the plan is for, for him, once the Gophers are done, he is eligible to step in, and I think that's the plan that's certainly been reported on. 
Um, is this a guy that you're going to use on the power play more? Uh, power play one right now at the points features one defenseman, and that is Kalen Addison. <laughs> so my guess is he's out. Yeah. Right? A power play one, <sighs> Klingberg's in. Maybe. I, I This, look, look, like it or not, Dex, just, just as a off the top of my head, this this sort of fits their they don't trust Kalen at all. Now, but Klingberg, as you said, defensively is a dumpster fire. So, boy, this is going to be intriguing to watch. Yeah, I'm very curious how this all uh, how this all health plays out here. I mean, this is a this this that's a bigger move in my opinion. I mean, that's a that's probably one of the more known commodities in the NHL from an offensive defense offensive first defenseman in Jonathan Klingberg again, who has played a ton of playoff games. Um, probably a guy who can quarterback a power play. I mean. I don't think you're right that I don't think they've probably trust that Klingberg and Addison. Well, they definitely don't trust them together on the ice. I can tell you that much. They would be 100% No, no I'm up. saying Kalen's off the first power play. I'm saying Kalen <sighs> might be scratched. That would be. I'm saying I don't think here. I like that. Here's what I'm trying to say. I don't think, or here's what I'm saying. I don't think Dean likes him. I don't think Dean wants to play him. I think Dean's, but, but. You just went through stats that prove that Klingberg is, is a defensive liability himself so like my whole point until this and i'm not objecting but my whole point until this was this team is doing everything they can to get as responsible as possible defensively yeah and and (laughs) i know that there is a panic to create more offense but i guess my question comes at what price because kaylin addison can create more offense and i think dean turns you know six shades of red every (laughs) time he watches them it, it drives him crazy. By the way, Jonathan Klingberg signed a one-year, seven million dollar deal with the Ducks last summer, so he's on an expiring deal as well. Um, so he uh, he fits into the Wilds cap for that cap hit trade post trade deadline cap, if you will. So he fits under there. But I mean, he was making a kind of he kind of did a one-year prove it deal essentially with Anaheim, one year, seven million dollars. A guy who at one time was one of the better puck moving defensemen in the NHL. Uh, but man, this is yeah, this is this is pretty wild. What a what a crazy uh, buzzer beater trade that just trickled in for the for Bill Garrett. So just to go back through um, um, Klingberg's power play work, okay, with the Ducks this season in in fifty games, he had let's see here, he had five power play assists and one power play goal. He hasn't scored more than two power play goals in a season since he had five in two thousand eighteen nineteen with Dallas. Um, and so his power play production now, now, now he did as recently as last season with Dallas Declan, he did have 19 power play assists. So my guess is he's going to be the top defensive point man and Kalen's off that. Now the question is, does Kalen Addison even play? And my guess is no. Um, but yeah, this is a, this is an interesting move. I wonder how much of a stomach Dean has, though. He must think because th- this guy's a veteran player, and he has been very good at times, that's more palatable for him to watch uh, Jonathan Klingberg than Kalen Addison play. But, um, yeah, th- this is going to take some digesting. The rest of them I totally got. Uh-huh. This one's interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm just curious how everything fits in. What's your defensive pairs? You know, obviously Yeah, let's after... go through that, actually. Let's go through that, actually, right now. Sp- I, Spurgeon and Middleton aren't getting yep, they're, separated. They're... They've, they've done a great job. Yep. Uh, Brodeen's coming back at some point here. Let's let's go with Brodeen because clearly in the playoffs, yeah. unless something goes really wrong, 
he's going to slot in. Brodine and Dumba have been paired together, and then it's been Merrill and Addison, and Goligoski has been with Dumba of late. Okay. Um, are we talking bro? Well, you know what you could do? Okay, here's a thought for you. I think I know where you're going. Uh, Brodine and Klingberg. Yeah. Uh, because Brodine cleans up for everything people do wrong, and then Merrill, I, I think Addison's out. So I think it's Merrill and Dumba or Merrill and Goose. And my guess is it's Dumba. My only question then is when Faber comes in, and I think he's going to play, who does he slot in for? Mm. And and does Klingberg go down to the third pairing? Would would they put, I mean, Brodine to me, as good as Spurgeon is, and he does a lot of things. He does a lot of small things, blocks a ton of shots. He's positionally really sound. I think Brodine is their most solid, sound defenseman. So if I have any worries about a guy like Klingberg defensively, Declan, or Faber being young, I'm probably going to default to Brodine being partnered with that player. Yeah, there's probably no combination that involves the following three players. And I know that there's two on the spot, but bear with me here. I don't think there's any combination that is Dumba-Addison, Dumba-Klingberg, Klingberg-Addison. Does that yeah. make sense? Yes, and I think I think for the sake of this of these pairings, I think you can I think we can scratch Addison off the pairings. I don't think he's going to play unless Klingberg gets hurt. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it it doesn't fit. So, it does, I mean, Spurgeon's the second power play guy. Yep. So, he's not going to he's not going to get bumped by Kalen on the second unit. And heck, that second group barely plays. The first group just stays on the ice. Yes. So, yeah, very curious how that would play out. Um, I'm going to start to do some line. Yeah, I can, line little, little line combination, which we love to do on Judd Sox. we got like over 1,000 people watching JHS right now. Let's so. just keep going now that, that we've got this. Um, yeah, hit the subscribe button for uh, daily Minnesota sports entertainment here on Scoring. And if you like Minnesota Vikings talk, go to Purple Daily for daily Vikings entertainment. Uh, old Dex tweets those have to bolt at the top of the hour for event line. AJ Fredrickson, though, is um, speaking of getting up from Iowa and being recalled in pursuit right now to join JHS in the next uh, five to 10 minutes. So we will get his thoughts as awesome. well uh, on Love this it. deal. So, yeah, I Spurgeon and Milton obviously aren't going anywhere. That's one of the best defensive pairs basically in the NHL. Man, could you could you put Brodeen with Addison? And, or no, Brodeen. With Klingberg. With Klingberg, and I then Maryland yes. Dumba. That's probably... Yeah. Yes. Yes, I think okay. you just hit it. Uh, Joe... And I think Goose, Goose is out, right? Yeah, Goose is just out. And, I, yeah, he's and by the play. way, by the way, to be very clear here, Dean will not do this, but I challenge him to. I don't think Johnny Merrill should have a pass to play every game. That's true, too. I am not, you know, a Tuesday night again, he got beat on that Islander goal. He got beat. Um, Johnny Merrill just plays and he seems like a great guy. The typical Judd thing seems like a great human being, but I don't think he should have a license to just play. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is also true. Uh, by the way, Joe Smith, given a little bit more clarity on the deal involving Klingberg, Jonathan Klingberg to the wild. They are sending a fourth in 2025. Andre Suster, uh, who was an up and down player. The wild have sent and the rights to Nikita. Is it? Nestranko, who I believe is a college hockey player with Boston College. So a couple more compensations going there to Klingberg. Uh, If it is Nestranko, and that's how you pronounce it, he is having a pretty good season uh, with BC and the college ranks. 
32 games, 30 points, 11 goals, 19 assists. So a sixth-round pick, I believe, by Minnesota a few years back. So they've controlled his rights. Might be one of those situations where they don't feel they can re-sign him. Uh, so a couple more things going to Jonathan, to the Anaheim Ducks, excuse me, in the Klingberg trade. Yeah, I don't think there's a possibility that Addison is in the lineup with Klingberg also in the lineup. It doesn't make sense. Mm. And it makes sense that they were looking, in retrospect now, that they were looking to get Addison out. Because, I mean, the last time he was scratched, Declan, he was scratched for like four or five games, right? Yeah. So, like, that was not a wake-up. I mean, the Dumba thing was a wake-up call. Dumba's not being scratched again. He's come back, performed better. I think that they sent him a message. The first time they scratched Kalen for a game, I think they sent him a message. The second time, I think they were just pissed off. Right. And I don't think that they think, and and I will say this, and we talked about this a couple days ago. I will say this on Kalen. One, I'd like to see him develop. Two, I think he definitely has ability to move the puck that this team can use, that Klingberg, I guess, now is going to replace. But positionally, in his own zone, he does struggle. Now, I can't say I've watched a ton of Klingberg. I did in Dallas, you know, just against the Wild, and he's impressive. Um, I don't know how much of his being absolutely horse bleep in 2022-23 has been being with the Ducks, who, again, literally are just awful. I mean, they they are a Connor Bedard hotbed. Um but yeah, I gotta think that this spells the end. If well, this might spell the end, period, because he, he he'll probably be traded at the draft at this rate for Kalen Anderson. Another note on uh, I know we're talking about Klingberg's offensive ability, but just how <laughs> much of a liability he can be defensively. This also from Jay Fresh Hockey. I want to put in defensive numbers in. Pers- I want to put Klingberg's defensive numbers in perspective before the Wild ruined them. <laughs> the yeah. Ducks gave up. 42.2 shots and 4.2 times goals per 60 that he's on the ice at five on five. So per 60 minutes, basically, when Klingberg is on the ice at five on five, the opposing team is getting 42.2 shots off and are scoring 4.2 goals per 60 minutes. That is a humongous lie of the now. He might be propped up a little bit if he's going to play with Jonas Brodin. So some of those numbers will get a little bit better. But this is where right. you got to take some of that offset off of, all right, if he's going to quarterback a power play and score some power play right. points, that's all gr- good and gravy. But, man, this guy could leave some players high and dry. In fact, I can see Judd Zolgad now from the press box at the X in a first-round series with the field glasses Throwing on. Stuff. Field Throwing glasses stuff. on, waiting to watch his ban. And as, uh, as Klingberg, oh, there is... Uh, there's a Colorado Avalanche forward open and a goal. I can 100% well, see it now. Again, though, Declan, this this gets back to coaching. Guess what can't happen? Got to make sure, especially at home, that Nathan McKinnon is not on the ice at the same time as John Klingberg. I mean, this is where you got to be disciplined. This is where you have to be smart. This is where you're going to have to have shutdown defensemen. You know, keep in mind, 2003, I'll go back to it, Peter Forsberg, West Walls and guys like Willie Mitchell drove them up the wall. Not because they were trying to score goals. Because all they wanted to do was bug him. So that's a very important thing. So just to recap, Jordan Greenway now in Buffalo. Well, gets a couple draft picks back. Oscar Sundquist, who was a center who we now expect to play wing here because he was playing wing in Detroit. 
uh, traded from the Red Wings to the Wild for a fourth round pick in 2023. And John Klingberg, the defenseman who was once fantastic in Dallas, definitely has fallen off, but can move the puck coming here for a fourth round pick in 2025 and three, three non-NHL players currently. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, and it sounds like uh, Michael Russo was reporting that Nostranko, um Nesterico, I don't know how to pronounce it. I'm not even going to try. I'm, I'm never going to see him again. Uh, he had talks with the Wild that they did not plan to sign sign him. So okay, they basically so this is the second guy. Yeah, just like the thing. because they they put the well, yeah, no, but but they put the guy um, in the deal they facilitated, not the Orlov deal, but the but the O'Reilly trade. I think that they did the exact same thing, and they put a guy who they owned, but they were going to lose his rights. And if you've been paying attention the past couple of days, the Wild. The Wild are signing guys uh, that they previously drafted who they hadn't signed because, of course, if you don't sign them by the upcoming draft, they are then eligible to um, to go back into the draft. Before we, we continue on JHS, speaking of our sponsors, I want to talk to you about my friends at Livia Weight Control Centers who helped me drop 40 pounds more than a year ago. And here's the most important thing. There's Judd on the left. There's Judd on the right. What You say, what's the difference? Well, it's the weight loss. And here's the most important thing. I said it was more than a year ago because this is Livia Weight Control Centers. It's not a quick fix. It's not a diet. It is actually an easy lifestyle change in which you will drop the weight. And more importantly, the dietitians at Livia will help you keep that weight off. And have I got a deal for you on a day of deals, on a week of deals in the National Hockey League? <laughs> Livia is offering today, if you join, eight weeks for free. That's right. So you can start your course. You can chart your course to a summer of fitting in the clothes, looking fantastic, and having all your friends say, how did you lose all that weight? And you'll tell them, Livia, but you'll have gotten eight weeks for free. 855-GO-LIVIA, livia.com, L-I-V-E-A.com. Voted Minnesota's best weight loss program, Livia, L-I-V-E-A.com. All right, Judd Zelga, we got, a, got, our, got our center in here. Okay. I am going to take a, a line change briefly. Okay. You're going to take a I got to re-up the coffee. Okay. I got to re-up the coffee, and I got to take care of just a little bit of business. I will be right back. Oh, God. All right. So I gonna, mean right back. We're, we're going to put Judd in timeout while he goes and does that. We're going to welcome in, though, A.J. Fredrickson, uh, also of Score North and Judd's Hockey Show, fellow St. Cloud State grad. A.J., what's going on? How are we doing? Not, not too much. So let me explain to you my past maybe hour here. Okay. My sister, currently uh, still enrolled at St. Cloud State, they are heading south for the kind of spring breaky uh, tennis week where yeah. they take on people down around like that Arizona area. Yep. So I leave, I embark on this journey driving through I-94 and I'm, I'm going South I'm 35 W and I get to terminal two and she hops out and I notice like super weird as I'm pulling out, like, okay, uh, Manny Hill starts texting me. Jonathan Harrison starts texting me. I have my friends texting me, but I don't, you know, because I'm a, I'm a safe driver. A safe driver. I, uh, yeah, I'm a safe driver. I uh-huh. don't really tap in, but I have the heads up display on the dash. And then I see you. And I'm like, either something's wrong <laughs> or something happened. So I tap in. And it's like, hey, we're, we're recording a JHS. You want to join? I'm like, I'm I'm not home right now. I'll be home soon. I tap on uh, Jonathan Harrison. He goes, what's going on? Can you help? Like, can you elaborate for me? I said, I don't know what you're talking about because. I've been in the car for the past hour, so I'm still picking up. I just two seconds ago, before you added me, saw that the Wild are now proud, uh, are are now a proud franchise that has Jonathan uh, Klingberg. Yeah, Klingberg. Yeah, Klingberg. Of all people. 
wow. Yes. So catch me, catch me up in the in like very like an elevator pitch on what exactly has happened in the past hour that I've missed. Okay, so you, you saw the Jordan Greenway trade. I'm guessing. Have you have you seen that? I did. Yes. Okay. I did. Yes. So they they traded Jordan Greenway for a couple draft picks to Buffalo. Uh, yeah. Then they made another move. They were able to get. Uh, is it? Is it? Let's see here. Uh, uh, Sunquist from Detroit. So they got Sunquist from Detroit for a fourth round pick. Okay. okay. And then at after the deadline had passed, AJ, and we'll get Judd back on here from his from his line <clears throat> change duties after uh, getting there a breather wherever the hell he was doing. Um, after the deadline had came and went after two o'clock, Jonathan Klingberg's deal trickles in uh, for a. 2025 fourth round pick and a couple like Andre Suster and another college hockey prospect from BC that wasn't going to sign. So Klingberg, and as I was pointing out, and AJ probably knows this just as well as I do, uh, great offensive moving defenseman, and he also might be one of the worst true defenseman defensemen in the NHL. And what Judd and I were trying to figure out, age, and I tweeted this out as well, and I'm getting some responses. I don't think this bodes well for Kalen Addison. Like, I don't think no. there's any lineup combination that involves Addison and Klingberg on the, not definitely not paired together. That would just be suicide. That'd be literally waving the white flag defensively. But even just trying to figure out where they could be matched with other wild defensemen, I don't think that even exists. Yeah. Um, my reaction while telling that story, letting the, the process of Jonathan Klingberg sink in that he's now a member of the Minnesota Wild was if we're only a few years removed from him being considered maybe like a very above average, arguably elite offensive defenseman, that's definitely rescinded. But then it sunk in. If you like Kalen Addison, you're in for some bad news because this <laughs> is this is an older Kalen Addison who is much more established, who they're not going to you're not going to want to double up if they they've already been scratching Kalen Addison on a very regular basis here recently. And I know um, a lot of the, maybe the wild broadcasts have said that the past few games that we've seen him, he's cleaned up his defensive game and maybe more focused more on that. I think it's been more of, they just kind of had to play him. Yeah. You know, they, at a certain point you, you have to, especially if you want to showcase him, that leads me to believe, do you think they maybe tried to shop? a guy like Addison here before the deadline and something fell through. Yeah. And then now they're kind of stuck with both a Klingberg and an Addison. Uh, Judge, you got to unmute yourself there. there Thank you, you very much. Yeah, old, yeah. old man mute self on hockey podcast. Um, you know what? I think at this point in time, they didn't care if they could trade him or, or not. I just think that this speaks to, and it's not surprising you guys, how much Dean doesn't want to play him. And, and I told, Age, I told Dexas, I said, you know, the first time they scratched him, I think it was a wake-up call, right? It was like a game. They scratched him for a game, maybe two. And it was like the dumbest scratch. Okay, kid, wake up. The second time they scratched him, they scratched him for like four games. And that's not a wake-up call. That's a you've lost your job call. He had to be put back in. Brodine got hurt. Uh, I think that this is, and look, I mean, it's a veteran guy. Um, I don't know if he's going to be terrible defensively or what. Uh, but I was telling Declan, I think that this is a guy, one who a Addison is now a scratch, a healthy scratch for the rest of the season, barring injury. And I think this is a guy that when Brodeen gets back, you put with Bro Brodeen and Brodeen covers for Klingberg's miscues and Klingberg is counted on to move the puck. I will say this about last night's game. Keep this in mind. And it's Vancouver. Vancouver has high end talent, but they're a really crappy team. 
Um, but you know what we saw last night, you guys? We saw a lot of opportunities off the rush. And those opportunities can be started by defensemen a lot of times. And so I wonder if they've been thinking, okay, if we're going to generate offense off the rush with guys not named Kirill Kaprizov sometimes, that a guy like John Klingberg can do that. Um, just spitballing here. But it definitely, to me, indicates that I would guess that when Brodeen's back, they'll pair those two on the second unit. And then probably just as importantly, AJ, that Klingberg will take over for Kalen on the first power play. That's my guess. Yeah, and I'm it he he's like I said, he's not super far removed from being a very, very good guy. And maybe it's just he's been on a team that hasn't been the best offensively. So you have seen that kind of decline. Similar to what you maybe saw with Gustafson and Goal, where he's been on the, the Ottawa Senators for so long and they've been so bad defensively <laughs> that his numbers just look awful. And then you're like, why would they trade Cam Talbot for him straight up and blah blah blah. This could be a you know, we've talked about the change of scenery for a guy like Brock Besser, but this isn't a homecoming by any means, but a change of scenery to a team that is better defensively and has that role for him to step into of being a power play specialist. I mean, you remember how good Brad Hunt was for about three yeah. months on the power play? Yeah. He was lights he's out. He's playing for the abs, dude. Yeah. He's no, playing that, every game for the abs. He's played well. Good for him. A journey, a journeyman power play specialist. And that's what I think uh, a much better version of that is John Klingberg. And I, I'm, Immediately, I like it. It just sucks that I I like Kalen Addison, and I think this obviously doesn't bode well for him in in the long run. As far as line, as far as the uh, two two moves go, the Greenway trade, I think we all agree we absolutely love. I don't think he fit here anymore. I I just didn't. He had a terrible year. It was. Um, I don't think he played like he cared. I might be wrong. It seemed that that way. He was asked about being traded, or the rumors about it after Tuesday's game in the locker room. And was very tepid. Just like, I don't really think about it. I don't, and clearly didn't care. Um, the Sunquist edition is intriguing to me. And age, I think, and we discussed this as, as well, because we love to put together line combinations. You got them right here. Um, that for the time being, I think your third line, I think your, I think your second line remains Eck between Boldy and uh, Johansson. I think your third line now, your checking line is Goudreau. Felino, when when he comes back, and I'm not convinced. I think he's banged up, but I think he was struggling, and I think that that might have been code for. Well, he's not, like we're not going to announce we're scratching him because they love him. And uh, Sunquist, who was a right wing on the fourth line in Detroit, bumping up to the right wing on the checking line. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, <laughs> um, I go. I mean, like your point about Greenway. Yeah, I don't think he maybe fit here and my i'm seeing now that it's a it's a second rounder is and not to change the topic but does that not seem generous that seems rather generous for for a guy like jordan greenway not that not that i don't think jordan greenway is a an okay player but it's it's what we were talking about the other the other day judd when dex you were on vacation it was he has the potential to do what i what i see nightly for jewel erickson eck where his body positioning and the way he he blocks out other players and his balance should be there. It's just he doesn't like drop his shoulder and drive to the net. So yeah. I, and at this point in his career, with how long he's been in the league, I don't think you're ever going to get that from him. So getting a second and a fifth is 
that seems pretty solid. Yeah. That seems like great work at the office for, for Mr. Billy Garen. No like, kidding. Um, but yeah, no, Sunquist, I he's a he's a two time cup winner. You have to remember that. I don't know if a lot of people um necessarily remember that, but he is going to bring some of that veteran and that seasoned mentality that if you slot him in, he he's not a raw piece of meat. He's a medium cooked steak that's coming out of the oven um or coming out of the back kitchen. And maybe maybe he's that sir uh, or that uh that fajita platter, you know, he's got a little sizzle to him where he's going to help spice up that line a little bit and maybe add a little more flash and in pomp and circumstance to whatever line he gets slotted into. All right, let's go full strength here on Judd's Hockey Show. By the way, hit the subscribe button on on the Score North YouTube channel. That's Judd Zolget. I'm Declan Goff, AJ Fredrickson in the middle. And of course, we now welcome in Jesse Pierce from NHL.com. What's up, guys? Jesse. Are you Judd's like going on? Show. Never before have we had everyone. Everyone. I put a little big rig shirt on oh. in memory. Pour one out. Pour one out Apologies. for the big rig. Pour one out for the big rig. I think he's very up, happy. Guys. I think he's probably very pleased. He didn't seem like when when you asked him in particular on Tuesday about, do you tune this out this time of year? And he's like, oh, not really. I don't pay attention. If I get traded, I get traded. I'd say the big rig might not be the most. Now, Buffalo might not have been his first choice, but I don't think he was too upset to probably escape Minnesota. Do you? No, I don't think so. And I mean, his that that conversation we had with him, we all had the inkling as media that this is probably the last time we're going to speak with him, uh, just kind of how it worked out. But his whole fact of, well, I can't control it. And he's absolutely right. And actually, I think Buffalo will be a good fit for him. As a Team USA guy, he knows Don Granado. He's got Tate Thompson. He's got a bunch of Americans out there. Plus, he's a New York guy, I believe. So, I mean, ultimately, yes, Buffalo seems like the place that no one wants to go, but it's lately getting to be more and more exciting out there. And I think um, if Greenway can pick up and just work a little bit harder, he can maybe salvage his career. I overheard you, AJ mentioned the shoulder. I think going back to that injury, even though too, he admitted to us right away. Yeah. I'm a little scared. I'm a little nervous to go around and throw that big body out there. Well, you can't have a guy like that, especially on a line like the grief line. Um, you know, so I think it could be a good change of scenery for him. Hopefully he finds his game. Hopefully he works on his game a little bit more than what you saw. But ultimately, I just want to give a round of applause to Bill Guerin once again this year. I mean, what he's able to do and what he's able to move uh, for the little amount that he does it's truly magic. Like I can't even understand how he's able to do that. You had mentioned green coming back in the greenway trade as a second round pick. This class is stacked. You guys yes, like that second, second round. round is going to be stock full of high potential as well. Um, so that's just fantastic. I mean, more than absolutely greenway probably deserved, especially with no salary retention. So not only do you get a great look at uh, a selection in the second round, but you're saving three mil to play with moving forward. So, all in all, stamp of approval. I wish he would have done this earlier because I was enjoying my Friday yep, until the last same. 30 minutes of deadline, <laughs> right? What well, you heck? knew this was going to – well, <laughs> all of the trades except for the Klingberg trade, how surprised were you? Like that's the one that I think caught us all off guard. The rest of the trades, you know, not shocking. Yeah, yeah. But when you go get John Klingberg, who at one time was an outstanding, as AJ said, offensive defenseman, he's still good. Um, Dex went through – the advanced metrics defensively he is a train wreck 
Um, but what were your what were your um, initial reaction to the acquisition of a guy who used to give the Wild big time problems as a member of the hated Dallas Stars? I thought somebody was trolling me when they mentioned it. I was like, that's not real. Because, I mean, the, his name was wanted and touted in so many different team circles, right? Edmonton was looking at him. Uh, Chicago, I mean, you name it, a team had considered him because he was and possibly almost still is a top four defenseman. Whether he's dropped, I still would put him in the top four instead of Goligoski, instead of a John Merrill, right? And obviously we've seen the Wild kind of fall out of favor with Kalen Addison for whatever reason that might be. Um, so it's it's exciting. I hope that you can tap into that better two-way player that he is because I think obviously Minnesota does enjoy a good offensive defenseman. Um, but for him being a UFA next year, that's also nice. I love that all of these guys, nothing's long-term. I am 100% okay with just the rental situation. See what they do. See if they're worth anything. Um, the one concerning thought I did have in regard to picking up Klingberg is – my curiosity peaked is Jonas Brodine hurt more seriously than maybe we thought, because it seems like hmm. that's possibly a reason to go out and get a defenseman because really we might have our gripes and groans about golly and, and Merrill in particular, but they haven't been doing too bad. And a lot, huge credit of that is to goaltending. But I feel if you're going out of your way to get a defenseman like Klingberg of that stature, um, especially for Nesterenko, who is a good prospect, Andre Schuster, whatever, and, and a pick are fine. But um, it makes me kind of wonder, and this is just me in my little brain twirling around it. I don't know anything at all. I'm just saying maybe that's rather reckless speculation. If you ask me, Jesse Pierce, <laughs> <laughs> I do that sometimes. I'm just saying like, it just seems odd. It seems like very out of left field that you're going out and getting a defenseman right now. I thought they'd wait, you know, until a little bit later. Cause you know, Dumbo will likely be out as well, but we'll see. Jess, I got to imagine there is no type of situation where, Klingberg and Addison not just are not on the ice together, but probably not in the lineup together, right? Like I, I don't, yeah. I don't know how the combination would work with two guys who are offensive first dudes that don't really get a lot of defensive trust. I think this mm-hmm. probably doesn't bode well necessarily for Keelan Addison drawing in a ton. Well, and that's why when it was first reported that Klingberg was out, the immediate thought was they got rid of Addison, right? Like that's yeah. kind of the more because exactly like you said, Dex, they have been knocking Addison down for his lack of defensive style, and and he stepped it up a little bit. But yeah, I would have to imagine you're going to put him. I feel it'll be Klingberg and Dumba um, again until Brodine comes back, and we're not sure when that might be. But yeah, certainly Kalen Addison. It'll be interesting to see. I still would trust Addison over a couple of the other guys that are seeing the ice, but, you know, apparently Bill and Dean don't always listen to me just once in a while. Did you say Klingberg and Dumba? AJ, react to Klingberg and Dumba, (laughs) because I could probably throw grenades on the ice that would be safer than those two on the same blue line. That's that's a night like you know the song rapper uh, rapper's paradise or whatever is that is that the gangsters Gangsters in paradise Paradise? opposition in Paris in paradise because that 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 screams odd man rush the other way that screams we're gonna cough the puck up at the blue line and all of a sudden you've got two on ones going the other way and goalies are gonna be hanging out left to dry jock straps everywhere it doesn't matter it I I'm gonna have to hold my breath every time that pairing would be on the ice because this would be that's catastrophic. You're asking to get scored on. I feel like if you're <laughs> throwing those two last night, we saw a play where um, it was and granted. It was, you know, it was an okay pinch, but it was just, he got outskated Matt Dumba and Alex Goligoski had to come in. last. I saw night. it. I saw and that scared me. Oh my God. And the thing is like, I, 
I don't think Alex Goligoski is the most like sound defenseman at this stage of his career. No, I agree. But he looked like a Norris Trophy that. winner right there because he stepped in and recognized, okay, I got to bail him out. It seems like, and not, not to just attack Matt Dumba here, but it seems like whoever is paired on the ice with him at whatever given time needs to have that inkling in the back of their mind of, all right, maybe I got to one step back just in case. You know, I got to one, one eye just kind of looking at him and then I'll play my game. But as soon as I see him maybe commit to something, I got to start hustling because who knows what's going to happen. So if, if you get those two out on the ice together. Yeah, it scares whoa. me. No, scares see, me. I like it. I think oh, this is going to be Klingberg's reawakening. I am here for it. I let's Jay go. Fresh Hockey doesn't think he can play from the blue line in. Poor Mark Andre Fleury. You talk about the flower wilting. The flower springtime will not help the flower with that. So it's it's Declan, it's AJ, it's Jesse, it's Judd. Declan, start with you. Yeah. Um, from the smoke from well, from the time the week started. So Nyquist in hurt, but hopefully plays in the playoffs. Johansson in, Greenway gone, Sunquist in, and Klingberg in. How much different do you feel about the Wild than you did when the week started? I feel better. Uh, I feel a lot better about their chances to potentially get out of the first round for sure. Um, the West is so wide open. I'm still trying to figure out where the Wild kind of fall in that pecking order. Um, but I think that they have kind of set themselves up here to be much more of a depth team and a checking line team. And, you know, if you have two solid goaltenders now and Philip Gustafson and Fleury now is playing a lot better over the last three games, it feels a lot better, right? I mean, the goaltending is one of the hardest things to project. And if you don't feel good about it going into the playoffs, you're going to be in some serious trouble. Um, I am, I think the thing that probably worries me, and it happened against the Vegas Golden Knights two years ago, is our team just going to do everything they can to shut down Kirill and think, can the, well, then can the Wild beat us? Like if we, sh- if we take him out, to the best of their ability. I don't think there is just shutting him down completely over a six, seven game series. But if you take him out of the majority, is there anyone else in the wild that can step up and beat you? And and Vegas was able to get by and then the wild did force seven games in that situation. So they kudos to them for forcing seven games. But I think that's probably my worry that opposing team is going to focus in on just making life hell on Kirill. And I mean, the wild can't buy a five on five goal in general, right? I mean, Kirill has been carrying them to goals and goals and goals. So if he's not scoring, no one is scoring. I think that's probably my only fear, but I do feel a lot better about the moves they've made over the last three days than I did how they stood about a week ago. Age? Yeah, it, it, like it, they're better. They're a better. They're a better team. Like just simply, they're a better team. I think than they were twenty four hours ago, forty eight hours ago. Because um, you cut some, you you cut off a little bit of fat there with in 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 the term of the expression. Not that Jordan Greenway's out of shape. You know, I'm <laughs> one to talk, but. Um, but you know, you they add offense, maybe not just where I wanted it. You know, I I, I was hoping that if you're going to trade for a guy that's going to bring an offensive spark, it's some and not that Sunquist can't be that guy, but I just he's not that playmaking centerman that I think that everybody thinks the Wild need that they've been lacking now for however however many years. And um, adding that on the back end, and then you're sacrificing, like you said, I don't. I don't expect like what what are the odds like the sports book odds of having um, Addison and Klingberg in the same lineup like plus 50,000. I don't think it's happening. So, um, you know, as much as I would love to have one of those things. Or both of those guys like in the lineup and in the roster and everything like that, it's not going to happen. So I do think they are better than they were last night, a week ago, however, Mm -hmm. uh, 
a month ago. And if you do get, uh, you know, Jonas Broding back, you're not going to have as many defensive liabilities. And I know it was just reported that without shock, Dakota Mermis got sent down with nobody else recalled. So they're going to have the four, um, the four kind of guys out, but it's, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I like the moves. I like the moves overall. Um, I'm not going to say that it was a bad trade deadline. I'm not going to say it was a bad past month or so of them trying to wheel and deal because Bill Guerin, as Jesse said, came in second year in a row and I'm going to give him a thumbs up and then some, because I was expecting his first kind of full season, the, the fleecing, so to speak, or maybe the, uh, the efficiency in trades, because what's the, the joke for a while, I feel like has been Steve Eiersman calls you, he tells you what he wants, and then you just accept. Bill Guerin is kind of getting into that role where it feels like if he has a plan, he's going to get it done, whether it's schmoozing you or berating you or complimenting <laughs> you. I don't know what goes on on the phone lines with him, but something's working. And, uh, you know, he must be a master negotiator because he is getting that job done. Jesse Pierce. Do I think they're better? Um, no. Do you feel not differently really. about them? Okay. Uh, no. I mean, I'll be honest. I think you got some bottom six forwards, which adds to your depth. You have a bunch of number three centers now. The one that intrigues me the most out of all of the additions, aside from Klingberg, who I have now mentioned is going to have a great second half to his season here with Minnesota that watch it. Mark my words. Um, no, I am excited about Gustav Nyquist. And now again, we don't know when he's going to return. I think he's the one that they picked up with the most potential. Uh, Marcus Johansson. I still just have the one season with the Minnesota wild stuck in my head. So I still have a lot of concern <laughs> around that. Um, and Sunquist, I, you know, don't feel one way or another. I think in general, the Minnesota wild are a better team than they were a couple weeks ago too. Uh, but I don't hate the moves by any means because Bill Guerin did it while doing nothing simultaneously. You're not selling the farm. You're just doing these little things. So it adds to depth. So I guess I'd give them a smidge better. But really, I don't feel strongly one way or another, aside from the fact that, again, all hail Billy G. He uh, he knows how to get it done when it needs to get done. I think the fact is this. we This team is three points from first place and the top of the Western Conference. But yet they also aren't that far from being out of the playoffs. And I don't think this team was worth investing a ton in, like future assets, first-round picks. And so I think that what they did is absolutely fine. I think if they continue to play like they're playing defensively right now, they can have some success because it's a winning formula. Hopefully they can score some goals. But um, I think this team got exactly what what it deserved, which is some complimentary moves. But they didn't deserve the big splash. I think they got the big splash last year with Flurry. They didn't deserve that. If they can win around in the playoffs because they're one well coached and two play hard defensively, that's great. But I think that this is for where the Wild is at right now and the salary cap. I think that this was a very successful foray into trying to improve things. But it's basically a paint job on a house that has some issues, and I'm fine with that. So. All right, Declan, I think you've got got to go to uh, Ventline, so wrap us up, sir. And Jesse, thanks for joining. AJ, thanks uh, for coming on, too. Anytime, guys. Yeah, of course. A little full-strength edition here of Judd's Hockey Show. We are live for about 90 minutes here on the Score North YouTube channel. So a full recap of everything that has happened uh, here. If you you want to skip ahead, I think even there might be some post-production work here. We'll chop some things up and, uh, and give you some great analysis 
uh, from the Minnesota Wild side on a busy NHL trade deadline day. So hit that subscribe button for daily Minnesota sports entertainment. Head on over to Purple Daily, Daily Vikings Entertainment. We have Vikings Ventline ready to rock on Sunday as well. I'm guessing there'll be some weekend statements next Monday with Mackie Judd and myself to recap more Minnesota Wild news. Uh, but we will be back at another time. Hit that subscribe button for Daily Vikings or Daily Wild Entertainment. We'll be back next week. You know, there's no room for petty bullshit.